Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Amen. Thank you so much. And thank you for coming this Christmas morning. Uh, we don't very often have a Christmas morning service. We have a Christmas Eve service, and uh, but this year, of course, Christmas Day, uh, we're here for Christmas morning. And uh, Lord bless you. Thank you all for coming and joining us this day. Uh, Matt, uh, it's good to have Matt with us, Matt. We're praying for you, and thank you for stepping up to this role of uh, interim director of Grace Gospel Fellowships, a very important ministry opportunity, and it's so important to our fellowship. He's been very encouraging to the pastors already in the notes and uh, prayer requests he sends out, and also the leadership you're showing, Matt. Thank you. You mentioned a, uh, my son is known as uh, James the Lesser. I think you got that wrong. I think it's James the Younger, they call him, which makes me James the Elder, and uh, Pastor James Shamaria. And um, they are uh, in route, maybe soon here. Uh, they're flying from Michigan to Seattle, Jim and Natalie, and their two-month-old baby, Isla. So Isla is going to be with us for Christmas. I'm sorry you can't see her because they'll be going to Spokane uh, next Saturday. And uh, Isla is two months old. She's our number 12 grandchild. Well, you know, that's all right. You don't... <laughs> I wasn't really looking for applause for that, but <laughs> uh, 12 is a good number. Uh, you know, 12 disciples, and of course in Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, actually, maybe 13 is a better number because in uh, tribes of Israel, there's two half tribes, and that makes 13, right? So 13 is a good number too. Today, um, we are here to celebrate the birth of a baby. The birth of babies are wonderful events. They bring us great joy in families and as a church family. Uh, it's, a, it's a tremendous, a tremendous blessing. We are here to celebrate the birth of a baby. And as I mentioned on each time we've gathered uh, for this Advent season, uh, we always think in terms of the whole story. The Christmas story in Bethlehem and the cross and empty tomb uh, in Jerusalem as well. And um, today our theme is the incarnation as we lit the Christ candle. This is the, the, the four Sundays of Advent and then the Christ candle. And our theme to go with that today, uh, that Gary has uh, helped us with the, the themes for this and so forth this year, is light. We are here to celebrate the light of the world. But let's pray as we open the word for a few moments and uh, meditate together. Heavenly Father, as we do open your word, we pray that uh, our hearts will be open to your word. It's a good day for us to gather and just to celebrate, to share in this beautiful music, and greeting one another, and the joy of uh, the story of Christmas that we uh, treasure so much. Bless, uh, bless your name this day. As we gather, in Christ's name we pray, amen. The theme of light is uh, kind of in the background of the whole story of Christmas. You know, there was the star that guided the angels. There were the angels that appeared, I mean, the star that guided the shepherds. There were the angels that appeared to the shepherds, which I'm sure was accompanied by light. 
the, the Bible passage that particularly draws our attention to this was uh, that of the, the uh, prayer or the song of Zechariah. Zechariah was the father of John the Baptist. And when he was allowed to speak, um, and John was born, and he lifted his voice and he praised uh, the father, and it says he prophesied. And at the end of this prophecy, he says this, speaking of his son, John. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And of course, this is a fulfillment from the prophet Isaiah. Two of our uh, most loved passages for Christmas come from Isaiah chapter 7 and Isaiah chapter 9. In Isaiah chapter 9, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Of those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Light in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word or, very short, a two-letter word in English, the or, the light in the Old Testament. You know, in the beginning of creation, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was a void and formless, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And you think about this, that light became on the day before, it was, it was before the luminaries, the sun, moon, and the stars were created. But light became, light was created. Let there be light. Or as some of the Hebrew commentators have, have noted, it could just as well maybe be translated, let it become light. Let it become light. Let us see the light. In the Old Testament, uh, God and light are closely associated. In the New Testament, of course, we hear, we read that Jesus is the light of the world. And in the Old Testament, while it never specifically says God is light, and yet in the Old Testament, light is differentiated from the luminaries, from the sun and the moon and the stars. They give their light. And of course, we know today that the moon reflects light, the sun produces light. But they are differentiated from light that was created by God at the first day of creation. Let light be. Let it become. God is associated with light. Think of all the stories in the Old Testament where the burning Shekinah glory of God that is, that is, that is uh, unapproachable. That, that, that light that, that, that would fill when, when Isaiah saw that in his vision, God and fell down and said, Woe is me, I, I am dead. For I have seen the glory of God. God himself told Moses, You can't see my face and live. Remember we looked at this earlier, we talked about Moses' fall in our series. How Moses said, God, uh, if you're not going with this, I'm not taking these people. I want to see your glory. And God says, No man can see my glory and live, but I will put you in the cleft of a rock, and I will cover you with my hand, and I will pass by, and you will see my glory as I pass by, but you cannot look at me, for you would die. 
God and light. God's Shekinah glory. Old Testament passage, if you'd like to look at, or I can read to you, Second Chronicles chapter 6. And we see this uh, at, the, at the dedication of the temple. The dedication of the temple was Solomon in Second Chronicles uh, chapter 6. As Solomon gives this beautiful prayer to God and dedicates, and, 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 and at this point in his life, a very humble man, a very humble and a godly man, and in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, as they're ready to dedicate the temple, they, they built the temple. David left the blueprints. They built the temple very carefully according to blueprints. Everything was in place, very carefully done as God prescribed. And in verse 40, Now, my God, may your, he prays, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Now arise, O Lord God, come to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. May your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your, your saints rejoice in your goodness. O Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the great love promised to David, your servant. And when Solomon finished praying, the fire came down from heaven, consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. They didn't light it on fire. God's presence came down and, and consumed it. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. And when all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshipped and they gave thanks to the Lord saying, He is good. His love endures forever. And then they had to leave. And they came back and they gathered and it says in verse, in verse 8, Solomon observed the festival at that time for seven days and all Israel with him and a vast assembly of people. On the eighth day they held an assembly for they had celebrated the dedication of the altar for seven days and the festival for seven days more. And for eight days, as Moses did with the tabernacle, the children of Israel celebrated and dedicated for eight days the temple of God, but his, what they remember was this fire that came down and filled the presence. And they, they couldn't even be there because it was so bright. God and light. Throughout the prophetic scriptures, you will find passages that speak of the Messianic age when the Messiah comes and that God's light will fill the earth to the point there's language such as Zechariah 14. On that day there will be no light, cold or frost. It will be a unique day. When evening comes, there will be light when the Lord comes. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 3, Nations will come to your light, kings to the brightness of the Lord. And this light and brightness, this Shekinah glory, this presence of God is associated with the kingdom that is promised to Israel and their Messiah. The light of the Old Testament. And hence, Isaiah chapter 9, this great hope, the people walking in darkness, speaking of that day, they have seen a great light of those living in the land of the shadow of death. This is a phrase, it's a very dark phrase. 23rd Psalm, Yea, though I walk through the valley of light, the shadow of death. It's a very dark thought. But I will fear no evil. And those living in that shadow of death, a light has dawned. 
And so we come to Luke chapter 1. Where we just read where Zechariah proclaims this passage. He says, My son will go before and prepare the way of the Lord. And as he prepares the way of the Lord, the Lord is going to come. The Messiah is going to come. And he reads this passage and he, and he, he recites this passage from Isaiah. The people living in darkness will have seen a great light. Behold, on those living in a land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And it brings us to Christmas. It brings us to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ in the manger of Bethlehem. We have sung this morning songs about that. We've been reading scriptures. I know you've been thinking about this. And of course, this passage that is, is, is so central to the, to the Christmas story. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem. Bethlehem, uh, Baith house, Lehem, bread or baker, the house of bread. Because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the Shekinah glory of the Lord, shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news, great joy, that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host approached with the angel, praising God and singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried off. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The prophecy. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. And they came to that manger. And what did they see? What did they see? They saw a baby. Our new baby will be with us in a few hours. We've seen Isla once. She's two months old. She's a baby. Her baby's here today. We have newborn babies. They came to see a baby. What did they see? They saw a human being. They saw a real human baby. It was not shiny. 
It was not bright. There was no Shekinah glory about that baby. It was in the sky with the angels. But it was a baby born in a manger, in the stall. It was a baby, just like every other human baby, flesh and blood and not shiny and not bright. And yet, as we teach in the Christian faith, and we believe the Bible makes it very clear, this baby was God. This baby was God. This baby was just as much God as God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. It was God the Son born in flesh. And we call this the incarnation. Carnal, carnate, flesh. In the flesh. God in flesh. The Apostle John said, we saw Him. We handled Him. The very Word of God. The Word became flesh. And He dwelt among us. He made His dwelling with us. He was just like us. He grew up, children, young people here today, He was your age at one time. Young adults, He was in His early 30s. He was a man. He was just like, when they put Him on the cross, He bled just like you and I would bleed. But He was God. He was God in flesh. And if He was God, what kept Him from burning bright? What kept Him from shining? What kept that Shekinah glory from blinding those around Him in the manger in Bethlehem? It was simply that. He was God in flesh. And somehow He accepted the mystery of the Incarnation. He accepted those limitations of the flesh. That He was God on earth. And people looked Him in the eye and saw Him face to face. And they lived. Because the glory did not blind or destroy them. How did He light those living in the shadow of death? How did this happen? That's what John says. Zechariah says, Son, you will go forth and you will proclaim His name. And in that process, those living in the, in the land of the shadow of death, a great light has gone. How did it happen? When did it dawn? When did the light come upon them? When did it light everything up? When was the Christmas light visible for all to see? How did it happen? In the Gospel of John, Later on in the Lord Jesus Christ's life, John chapter 10, it says, Then came the feast. Jesus is an adult now, 33 years old. Verse 22, Then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter. It was a way of saying it was, it was cold. Because this is the Middle East. And uh, it's, it's warmer there. But the point here was, it was the winter cold. And Jesus was in the temple and walking in Solomon's colonnade, Solomon's portico. It appears that Jesus came down by Himself. Only John tells us of this visit. 
He came down by himself. It was this time of year. It was probably the 25th of Kislev, the Jewish month that equates to December. He came by himself. And he was walking in the temple. But it says he was in the colonnade because the colonnades were along the side and only one side was exposed to the elements. To keep warm, he was inside. He was there for the Feast of Dedication. For if you remember, in Second Kings, they dedicated the temple for eight days. This is not a feast that is noted in Leviticus. This is not one of the Jewish holy days, the Feast of Dedication. What we have here, and all, Bible, all the Bible commentators will pretty much agree with this, what we have here is Jesus coming down for this feast that celebrated the rededication of the temple that took place between the Old and New Testament. During the time of the Maccabees, and you can go online, you can read about this yourself, read the book of Maccabees, about 165, 167 before Christ, when the Jews under Judas the Hammer, the Maccabees, through the Syrians, the Greek leftovers of Alexander the Great's empire and army, threw them off their shoulders. They liberated Jerusalem. They freed the city. There had been a sacrilege that had taken place by Antiochus Epiphanes. And they went in, and they cleared the temple, and they rededicated it for eight days, as they did in the Old Testament. And the tradition in Judaism is that there was enough oil for one day to light the menorah. The menorah, if you notice in, in the Old Testament, has seven candles. It's the official emblem for Israel, the seven candlestick menorah. Or, light, menorah. And they lit that. And they had enough to last for the eight days of rededication as Solomon did in the Old Testament. And this was the holiday that Jesus came to. He came to this rededication of the temple that was already taking place in Jerusalem. You may have noticed on your calendar that today is the first day of Hanukkah. It actually began last night at 6 o'clock. It's one of those rare occasions where the Hebrew month of Kislev lines up with December 25th. It was on that day that the temple was dedicated. And in Jewish tradition, beginning last night and then tonight, on each day of Hanukkah, a candle is lit. You will notice there are nine candles, not seven, on this menorah. The Hanukkah menorah has eight, one for each day of the celebration of dedication of the temple. The candle in the middle, sometimes on the side, that sits above all the other candles is the Shamash or Shamish candle, which means servant candle. It's the attendant. It's the servant. It has no function in the holiday except this. It is the candle that is used as the servant candle that is used to light the other candles each night. Last night, those celebrating Hanukkah would have lit the candle as you face it on the right. Tonight, they would light the second candle beginning at the left and to the right. And each night until the feast is over. And each night, 
The servant candle burns along with the candles for that day of dedicating the temple. And it was for this celebration, although they probably weren't lighting menorahs at that time, that Jesus came to Jerusalem. And he came there, the light of the world, but he wasn't burning. He wasn't bright. He was a man, the God-man. And they said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, then tell us. And Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me. But you do not believe, because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow them, me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. What did Jesus say? I told you. I've been showing you the miracles, the teachings, the compassion, the forgiveness, the touch, the healing, His life, everything about Him was the light of God burning brightly in their midst. The light has dawned. And for those living in that shadow of the darkness of death, who saw that light through his life, his teachings, and that God drew to him, his sheep, truly the light burned brightly. You know, John does say, we saw his glory, the glory as the one and only, the only begotten of the Father. Peter talks about this too. Because you see, Peter, James, and John were on the Mount of Transfiguration. Matthew chapter 17. The Mount of Transfiguration. Where all of a sudden, before their eyes, Jesus was changed into that Shekinah glory of God. And they, and they fell down and worshipped. And Peter said, build three altars for Moses and Elijah and you. It was overpowering. And they saw this bright glory of Jesus shining. He was transfigured before them, changed before them. And then he was himself again. And he said, don't tell anybody about this till, till after I die. Don't tell anybody about this. Only you three have seen this. And afterward, John told it and Peter told it. What did they see? I wonder. Did something come upon Jesus? Or did somehow for that brief shining moment were they allowed to see what was really there come through the flesh and see God Himself transfigured before them? Where is the light? It was always there. It was always there. John looked back and said, we saw him, we held him, we touched him, we ate with him, we traveled with him, we slept out on the stars with him, 
We saw Him. The very God of God. And now He realized it. And friends, where is that light shining today? Where is the brightness and glory of God shining today? The Bible makes it clear. The Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, burns bright today. God is here. God is in our midst today. This is my Father's world. And in this day today, the Bible teaches us, it is the church, not our church, yes, our church, but all those who belong to Jesus Christ, all who have simply through faith accepted His payment for their sins and received eternal life. We are the body, the body of Christ. He lives in us. The Holy Spirit burns in us. And this will include our Christmas message today. I think of the passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 where the Apostle Paul, who persecuted the church and came to Christ, and says this, For God who said, verse 6, Let light shine out of darkness. Genesis chapter 1-3. Let the light be there. He has made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The light of God is burning in our lives. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. All of us. We are cracked clay pots. We are earthen vessels. Why? To show that this all-surpassing power of God is from God and not from us. We are the light of God in our world today. And I wonder, I ask myself, if, if all of a sudden, for a brief shining moment, God allowed his glory and brightness to be visible to those around us and we just lit up because the Holy Spirit is in us. I wonder how many people might be surprised. I never knew that person knew God. Do we live our lives in such a way of compassion and forgiveness and kindness and gentleness and truth and justice, do we live in such a way that the glory of God is there in this earthen vessel? Friends, the servant candle, the Christ candle, lights each one of us up if we come to faith in Christ. It is there above us beside us, and passes that light on to each of us to receive the gift of eternal life and the indwelling Holy Spirit. And we become God's light in our world.
This is my Christmas message for me and for you. I love that song, John. I don't know where you found that song. Did you find that? The one the choir sang? It's the old Ballard Chorale song. How do you like that? <laughs> As in Ballard High School. Anyway. A little tough for us old Lincoln graduates to say that. <laughs> but I love, I love that last line. May we gather again on this day next year. And if we don't, we'll join that company of those who have gone before in His presence today and between now and in the year to come and we gather next Christmas. May God's light shine through our lives even though we are vessels of clay. Allow the servant candle to light your life. Check. There you go. Uh, so we have, I think, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Wow. <laughs> Robin's hiding down there. Uh, so who are we missing here? Andrew. Okay. So this is our this is our mission team minus Andrew Lowen, and we are leaving tonight. Uh, oh, you can sit down for a little bit if you want. Um, not you guys. <laughs> not you guys. Uh, we are leaving tonight. Our flight leaves at 11:20 tonight, and so we're meeting here at the church at 7:30. So. Uh, these students are, and, and former students, uh, are cutting short a little bit of their Christmas celebration. We're going to head out this evening. We're going to Curacao, which is just uh, just north of Venezuela. It's an island, and we are going to be ministering. We have two Grace churches down there that were started years ago, and we are going to be ministering to those churches. We're going to be helping them with some construction projects. We're going to be going out with the members of the church and doing some evangelism in their neighborhoods and uh, a couple other projects. And so we uh, cover your prayers while we're gone. We are going to be gone for a week. We come back on January 2nd. And some of these students are starting school on January 3rd. So it's going to be a quick turnaround. But uh, we really appreciate your prayers. If you would like to keep up to date on what we're doing, we are going to be posting regularly on a Facebook group that, that you should get shared with. Uh, if you at all follow the, the Berean Facebook page, you'll see a link up, come up soon, or, uh, the, the Berean blog will also be posting some updates there as well. So if you'd like to keep track of what's going on, we, uh, would appreciate your prayers and, and stay, stay in touch with us and, uh, and we will be sure to bring a full update when, when we get back, when we'll do a full update. Thanks, Gary. So let's all stand again and we're going to have a word of dedication prayer and, uh, thank you all you guys for making the sacrifice. I know the people, the church down there, they are really looking forward to it, the churches, and it's really going to be a blessing to them and encouragement to them as we connect with our brothers and sisters in ministry around the world. Heavenly Father, we want to ask your blessing on this group as they travel. Give them traveling mercies and safety. Keep them healthy. And we pray, Lord, as they interact with the uh, pastors and the church families, Lord, that they'll just have an opportunity to encourage them uh, this is the first team that's gone down there. And Lord, uh, we know they're looking forward to it. And uh, we thank you for the partnership we have with those brothers and sisters. So bless this team, bring them back safely. And thank you for their willingness to give this week, Lord, to this ministry. And thank you for each person that has come today in this Christmas morning to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Indeed, how great our joy is on this day. And we leave this place rejoicing and celebrating this Christmas morning. Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He is coming back again. In Christ's name.
We pray and all God's people can say together, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Thank you guys. Lord bless you.